Many years ago, I was invited to a wedding, uh, and also on the guest list was uh, Frank Thomas, a great baseball player, uh, one of the best hitters in his generation of baseball players, and and uh, really has uh, a great history in baseball, except for the fact that he played for the wrong team in Chicago. Uh, he played for the Southsiders. Uh, uh, but when I was at the wedding early and was uh, in the room where the bride was, they were getting pictures of the bride and the groom, and and um, and I was there in the room, and all of a sudden Frank walked in with his entourage. And as soon as Frank walked in with the entourage, the photographer stopped taking pictures of the bride and started taking pictures of, of Frank. And uh, Frank, to his credit, uh, put his hands up and said, no, this isn't about me. Uh, but it was obvious that everyone in the room was aware that we were in the presence of celebrity. We were in the presence of greatness. And it changed the dynamics of the room as long as he was there. And then even after he left, they were whispering and murmuring, do you know who that was? Did you know how well he hits? And, um, and, and that was the beginning of the night uh, that they would be married. And then later on at the reception, uh, I was the MC at the reception and, and I, I went up and, and, and it turned out that I would, would end up in a room alone with Frank. And uh, Frank came over and talked to me and was gracious. But again, it was obvious to both of us that I am not in the same league as Frank. Frank is in a, a different world than I am, and he, he hangs with different people than I hang with, and, and he has uh, different expectations of celebrity and what hanging out looks like, and, and I didn't belong, it felt like, in the same room with him. Well, the truth is that I was invited to that wedding, and I did belong because the groom and the bride had invited me and they had asked me to be part of that day. This passage of scripture that we look at, Jesus speaks about the invitations that are given to Christ's banquet and who's invited and who misses out. And he talks to people that are in danger of missing out because they feel like they're better than some of those who have been invited. And I want to stop the comparison that I use with Frank Thomas short because Frank gave me no indication that he thought less of me because I was in a different station than he was. But in this situation, in this environment, there are those who are offended by the guest list that Jesus is putting together. They're offended by the ones that Jesus includes in the kingdom as is invited to the, to the Lord's banquet. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke 14, 7 to 24. Luke 14, 7 to 24. In Luke 14, 7, it says, Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he, he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin to sh with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place. So when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, 
lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. First, I want you to notice the unlikely invited to the banquet. Christ has a banquet that's coming at the, an eschatological banquet when he will, he has invited many to it and he is inviting those who are listening and some are going to miss it because the guest list is less than admirable from their perspective. If you were to go back to the beginning of Luke 14, you would see that there was one, he's, Jesus is at a, a a house of the Pharisees and while he's there someone who's lame comes in someone who's who has a disease comes in and Jesus heals him and they are offended they're offended that he does it on the Sabbath these they're offended that he does it in a way that it doesn't keep with their rules and their laws they're not concerned that this man who is ill is receiving the help that he needs and Jesus points out their hypocrisy by saying you would help your own animal or your own child out of a out of a pit if they fell into it. And now he turns to them to address a primary problem for them receiving the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are reluctant to receive the message because Jesus has been befriending sinners and people who are outcasts and people who don't belong in their crowd. And crowd matters so much in the first century in Israel. Who you are with will affect your standing and who you invite will affect your standing and Jesus is not recognizing the culture and the times that he does his invitations in and Jesus now begins to tell a parable of the wedding feast and as he tells this he wants to begin with those who are unlikely invited and he speaks of those who are invited when you're invited to a, a guest list and you look around don't presume that you're of higher quality than someone else don't take a seat at the at the higher tables and he has just watched those who have come to this feast scurry and stand and fight for the positions of honor as and they're doing it i'm sure in a way that is polite and proper but really their whole aim is to have a higher position and to sit closer to the hosts so that they, their name can be honored and so that they can gain position in this community. And I want to admit that in the, in the first century, this would have meant a whole lot more than it does to us. In the first century, in a tribal community, to be considered honorable in your tribe could affect your financial standing. It could affect who your children can marry. It can affect the future of your family name. You want to have an honorable name. To be invited is a big deal. To be invited to this, this host's house, this Pharisee's house, should have been a matter of honor for Jesus from the other uh, invitee's perspective. They should look at them and say, well, Jesus, don't you know how, what a big deal it is that you've been invited to this dinner? And Jesus begins to tell them how they should act in light of what God is doing right now. You should have taken the position at the bottom. You should have recognized that to be invited is enough and he's not speaking any longer of the Pharisee's meal. He's not interested in dinner etiquette and helping them move up the social ladder. He's talking about their relationship with Christ 
that they have right now, an invitation that has been given to them and they are reluctant to receive it because of who else has been invited and that they might lose social standing if they receive it. And he's saying it would be better for you if you took the lowest seat instead of taking the highest and trying to fight for the highest seat among man because God is watching. And he goes on to speak of this moment when they will be exalted in verse 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The, the expectation is, is that God is the one who is watching where you're clamoring for your position. God is the one who is seeing your heart as you are offended by the guest list and you are in danger of missing the feast that God is providing and that you will be asked to take a lower station. So this first section is going, speaking against those who have thought highly of themselves and are unlikely to accept the invitation of Christ. They're fighting for the seats of honor because honor and station among man is a great commodity. And he's arguing that you seek honor and station with God because it's God who will exalt the humble. He goes on in verses 12 and 13. He said, said also to a man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and be repaid. But when you have a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the, lime, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Again, Jesus alludes to what banquet he's actually talking about. You should take the time to invite those who can't invite you back. He's not saying that you can't have a family party or that they can't invite each other to a feast. He's watching what they're valuing and because they value it so much, they're missing the invitation of Christ. They find Christ's invitation repugnant. And as he looks at his at the host of the party, he says, look at who you've invited. You're playing the same game. You're inviting people who can raise your station. You're inviting people who can pay you back. Don't you recognize that it's God who's watching and that you have a chance to be invited to a feast that is far better than this one? If you'll stop trying to gain position on this planet and, and gain position with your peers, how about fighting for position with God himself? And he picks a group of people that to invite would be uh, social standing suicide. You would be asking him to give up his position. If he were to invite the lame and the poor and the weak and those who are, and the blind and the crippled, you would be asking him to invite people who would potentially be unclean for worship and potentially be seen as outcasts. Those who don't have social standing and don't have homes to pay you back. You're asking him to invite people who can't invite you back. And Jesus says, you need to think differently about how you use your position on this earth. You should barter for position with God, not with your neighbors. When you reach the end and that great banquet that's coming, that Christ will inaugurate with his second return, when he comes and begins the banquet of the redeemed, you want to be in that banquet. And he's saying, you should invite those who can't invite you back now so that you gain position with Christ. These are people that are unwilling 
to be in, to receive the invitation of Christ because Christ has been inviting the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. Jesus has invited unlikely people. Are you okay with that guest list? If you are, if you seek out God's to be part of this invitation list that God has sent out, it will take you humbling yourself, but yet you will be exalted by God and it will expect that you have faith that God will repay in the resurrection. It's putting your trust in God's invitation list through Christ, not man's. The second thing that Christ points out is the unresponsive wealthy. Those who were unlikely to accept the, the, the invitation of God to come and be saved by Jesus Christ. It begins in verse 15, he says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to them, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Jesus begins this parable by describing a guest list and, and a whole bunch of people uh, not responding with an affirmative to the guest list. But I want you to understand that for the wealthy in the first century, there would be two invitations given. There would be the first invitation warning that this meal is coming. And then the second invitation that comes when the meal is ready. And the reason you come when the meal is ready is because once the meat has been cooked, there is only a season where you can eat what has been prepared. So they would send out the second invitation and this first invitation went out and, and the guest list had been filled. But by the, second guest, by the second invitation, many are pulling away. And the excuses that they give are not that they're marrying on the same day or that they're buying property on the same day or that they're buying oxen on the same day. They're using it as an excuse to go and invest in those purchases. I'm going to check out what has already been purchased. I am going to invest in the marriage that has already happened. These are excuses that indicate that there are those who no longer want to attend the meal, that no longer want to be part of this meal. They realize that they don't belong in this crowd, that there are those who have been invited that should not be at the meal and they would rather not lose standing by going to that meal. Christ has lost standing in his community by inviting people like me. He has lost standing because he's invited sinners and he's invited people who are outcasts and people who are unlikely. And those people who are unlikely, he ends up inviting. And as he invites them, there are those who are offended by the invitation list. And the wealthy are unlikely to come. In the beginning, this man says at the table, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. And God and Jesus now tells them about a, a banquet where a whole bunch of people excuse themselves. It's not that they weren't invited. They were invited. And this second invitation came and they were offended by the guest list. And they, there were those who 
bought a field or five oxen or were married and the social pressure of being in the elite, what they would lose if they aligned themselves with Christ, they would lose position, they would lose prominence in the community, they would lose the ability to marry their daughters and their sons to people of prominence and their family name might go down. And as they look at aligning themselves with Christ, they said, no thanks. I don't want to lose face among man and they are willing to ignore the banquet. They are willing to miss out on the invitation of Christ. Jesus is warning them. He's warning them that you are missing out on the invitation from God himself and a wedding feast that will has eternal implications and you're missing out because you're interested in keeping face with man and gaining in position with man. And I understand that to lose face in this community especially had great cost, but it has great implications to ignore this invitation from Christ. Jesus continues to describe the undeterred heart of God. In verse 21, he goes on, he says, So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done. And still there is room. There is the problem. Jesus has been inviting the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame and people are offended to be seen with them. This is a low-class movement Jesus, is, Jesus Christ has made available on equal footing for the wealthy and for the poor, for the weak and for the strong. All are welcome at his tables and, and all are welcome to come and be part of this. And here the Pharisees are getting another invitation and the, the tax collectors are getting another invitation. He is inviting equally to come and receive their invitation to the wedding feast at the end of times when Christ will return. And God the Father is, is affected, is, a, is offended by their refusal and he says, go and invite, go out on the streets, the people who are homeless, the people who are outcasts, invite them. The, the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame and the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. It is the heart of God to fill the feast. It is the heart of God for us to respond. Affirmatively, it is the heart of God for people to come and be saved and be at the feast. And the master said to the servant in verse 23, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come that my house may be filled. Go outside of the city. Go where people are unclean. Go where people who are unacceptable even to be in the city are. Go into the places where no one would invite them. They have no standing in the tribe. They have no standing in the community and yet the master says, go get them. Go out and compel them to come. What does he mean by compel? Force them? I don't think so. I think the kind of compelling that is required is the kind of compelling that I needed. I don't feel like I belong in the room with Frank Thomas. I don't think I belong in the room with Jesus Christ. And yet, as I look back at, at the invitation list, I was invited by the bride and the groom. I belong because they've called me family and they've called me friend. 
and we are invited to the wedding feast because Jesus himself has called us family and called us friend and invited us and the compelling would be, maybe they would say, no, 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 I don't deserve that. And the, the compelling would be, well, here's your invitation. The master wants you there. The master wants you to come, you as you are, come. Come and receive your invitation and come be part of this feast. The master said to the servant, go into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. These are, it's a big statement. These are big words. Jesus Christ is saying in the hearing of the people who are rejecting him, I tell you that none of these people will taste my eternal banquet. None of these will be welcomed in at that time. He's warning them and he's warning you and I. Are you offended by Christ's guest list that he has made salvation available to all? Are you offended that Jesus Christ has made it free for sinners? That people can fail again and again and yet Christ welcomes them into his kingdom? Are you, are you offended that those who are divorced are welcomed in? Are you offended that those who have been, had addictions are welcomed in? Are you offended that those who have been homeless are welcomed in? Are you offended that we are on equal footing at the cross? If you are, you run the risk of losing your chance of being at the kingdom, in the kingdom. Jesus at the very beginning says, are you willing to take the lowest seat at the kingdom of God in the banquet of Christ, in the wedding feast? I, it, it requires us to come humbly and to accept the fact that we are unworthy, all of us unworthy of this wedding feast and that it's by gift alone that we are welcome there. But once we are received into the kingdom, we are children of the king and we are joint heirs with Christ and we have joined this wedding feast and we belong because Christ said we belong. We are belong because Christ has provided a way for us to get an invitation. I may not have belonged in the room with Frank Thomas. And as I stood at, the, at a table with him, waiting for the bride and the groom to come in, we were in the room alone. And I remember fumbling over my words and not knowing what to say and, and, uh, and felt a little foolish. But what I didn't know is that I belonged as much as he did because I had a wedding invitation. I belonged as much as he did, maybe more, because I was family. I belonged because those who were throwing the feast had invited me. Dear friends, at the cross we have equal footing and many have been invited and the heart of God is that many will come and fill this feast and he's waiting for it to be filled. But some are rejecting that invitation because grace offends them. The idea that they're on equal footing with other sinners offends them. The idea that they need a savior offends them. I hope that you humble yourself so that God can exalt you. Humble yourself and receive the free invitation of grace to the wedding feast of Christ.
Won't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, how can it be that you love us? That you sent your Son for us? That you have invited us to an unhindered relationship with you through eternity? A celebration that you've said that you would serve us? How can it be that we are invited to that feast when we don't belong, when we've squandered this existence? Thank you for being a God who invites us, who has provided a way for us through Christ. And I pray that today many would respond by faith and receive that invitation and not spurn it. Many have been invited, but not as many will come. In Jesus' name, amen.